In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Greg Mead about how to identify your target market. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 124. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation world visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation roles. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com slash BOE. That's drip.com slash BOE. Now onto the show. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky, and I'm here today with Greg Mead. Greg is the co-founder of CrossNet, a four-way volleyball game that merged traditional volleyball with Foursquare that he created with two of his childhood friends. I asked Greg on the show today to chat about his process on identifying a target market. So, hey, Greg, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome to have you on. Um, first, real quick about the product, actually. Um, so I kind of explained in the intro, but and I've seen videos and for people that are kind of just listening in, what what is the product exactly? It's a game that's and I've played Foursquare. I remember playing it as a kid. Maybe most be around the, the same age, I guess, I guess in the. The 80s Foursquare was like a big thing. Um, so so I remember that. But for people who don't remember that, I haven't seen the site. What exactly is the product? Yeah, so CrossNet is the world's first Foursquare volleyball game. Um, like you said, it, it is traditional Foursquare, but we incorporated volleyball. So um, you got to hit it in there this time instead of bouncing on the, on the ground. Okay, so it's something a lot of people play. Like I'm guessing I looked at the site. Um, people play at the beach and stuff like that, right? So it's kind of, you know, a beach mm-hmm. game. It's you would say. at the beach. Yeah, beach grass. Um, we just got an indoor model, so we're gonna get it in a lot more um, physical education curriculums and schools. So, yeah. So I think kind of the idea of identifying your target market. I feel like this is one of those things where, if you come up with the product first, then you're trying to figure out like how do we get it in the like like you could see the product, right? You could see exactly how this happens. You get the product, and you're like, oh, this is fun. We could play this, and we play it yourself. And you're like, who are those people that want to play? Like. Who are the people like us that want to play this game? I'm guessing that's how that kind of started. Yeah, exactly. So we would bring it to the beach to start off and we'd get a lot of traction. A lot of people will come up to it, um, get in line, ask questions, take photos, take videos, want to play. It, it gets crazy. So when you set it up, um, it's a first time seeing it for a majority of people in the world. So um, they'll, they'll, they'll create this rush and energy around it, which brings other people. But besides organic growth like that, you have to do the social media side, the marketing side, the, the obviously the internet side. So that took us a little while to figure out our actual target market. I would say about a year um, to officially find it and hone in on it. Um, it. And at the end of the day, it turns out our best sellers are moms and, and dads. So parents, I guess, essentially, who are purchasing it for their kids. We thought it would be volleyball players, athletes, um, the college kids. We, we didn't because there's there's a large demographic we can hit, and it, it seems like the volleyball players would be our first bet to just hone in on those and try to try to attack them. But it, it, we didn't really get um, as good as a, a turnout as we wanted. 
Um, when it came to volleyball players, we, we're not sure if it's because they're already used to volleyball. They think they're too cool for it. We don't know. Um, so, so we really locked in. We saw a lot of moms um, purchasing, purchasing over the holidays, summer, and then we just really focus on on targeting um, moms when it comes to marketing, Facebook ads, um, Instagram ads, all that, YouTube. Okay, so you basically when you launched it, it was very organic, right? So you probably just put it on your Facebook, and um, you have how many co-founders? Is it three of you guys? There's. Yeah, there's three of us, my uh, best friend Mike and my brother Chris. Cool. So you probably just showed it on your Facebook and organic orders started coming in, but you can only go so much from there. So probably I'm guessing plateaued at some point where you're like, all right, now we need to actually like tell tell people outside of our circle about this. Yeah, so we, we had a, a plan to obviously get it, make it global game. Um, and it did happen fairly quickly, actually, since this only our year two officially of selling. So we, we did start it with our friends and just bring it to the beach, getting traction, getting um, just organic reviews and, and listening, hearing people's what their flaws are to try to fix the game and whatnot. And then eventually we, we really had to take it to the next level because it was just staying stagnant, obviously, like you said, and we really need to, to, to push it. And, and that's when we honed in on different targets and trying to figure out which is the best. So what was that process like when you say you honed in on different targets? Like what did you do first to reach the volleyball players and how did you realize, and how did you come to that process of like, Ooh, they're not like, it's not like resonating with them. And then how'd you, and like, how'd you decide to make a shift yeah, so, and how many shifts do you have to make to actually yeah. jump to parents? Yeah. Um, so we've always targeted just a, a vast majority of everyone. Right. But when you, when you're doing Facebook ads, you want to target certain demographics, age, gender, um, by their income uh, and then by the ad copy itself on the actual, um, the, the Facebook ad, you know? So you want to target it towards a mom saying, Hey, your children spend X amount of time outside a year. If you get cross net, you're going to get your kid out there even times two, you know? So simple things like that. Um, but we first started struggling when we f- first launched, we were going to like volleyball, volleyball tournaments, which are still good to go to obviously, but we weren't getting the, you know, the reception like we wanted it. So, um, when we bring it in front of parents and moms, they're always interested because they want to get new stuff for their kids and they want to get their kids outdoors. Uh, we're living in the craziest century of all time with on our phones, so parents are trying to get their kids more active. Yeah, but how did you like? How did you make that mental leap? Like, you, you're sitting there and you're going to these conferences, you're talking to volleyball players, and then how did you one day just say like, "Ooh, like these moms are sitting over here and they seem like like these volleyball players aren't getting that excited, but these mothers are getting yeah. excited." Yeah, so we, we didn't really pick that up mentally, like in person. Yeah. We didn't really register that. But once we went through our data, um, through, our, through our online platform, we, we just kept noticing um, this attraction of snowball effect of parents ordering and, and, and female moms. So and we, we really like, then, then we we're like, okay, we got to really hone in here. How did you know? So you dug through, I'm guessing just old order data, basically. And just like, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. And then how did you come to that conclusion of saying, like, like you know, all these, like you basically see them random names, but how did you realize like, oh, these are these are moms buying for their kids, not these aren't volleyball players taking yeah. to go play so, with them their own. Yeah, so we could see that in, in the data, obviously that the age um, and and the times and where they live and all that. So we 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 honed in on the, their their gender and their age. We could see that, and we also see it um, in the like our messages, Instagram direct messages, Facebook. It's always parents just like asking questions um, about heights height sizes um oh. how can, where can you set it up stuff like that so um we, we kind of we, we picked it up after a year it probably should have done it earlier <laughs> no it's it's one of those things where i feel like at first you're like wandering around the desert and you're like looking for like that little speck of water somewhere and you're like oh, we can't find you just have to kind of wander until you find yeah. that that speck um and it sounds like so basically you just had all this order data but you can't tell 
from order data alone, right? You can't tell who they are or why they're buying. You can just tell, oh, Sally bought this, like, and she lives over here and, you know, maybe she lives in San Diego. So, but you can't tell, oh, Sally's going to the beach with her kids and that, like, it's hard to make that leap. But then when you start looking at, you know, I'm guessing like emails, like customer emails, questions like that come in, that's where you start kind of putting together and go, oh, Sally, she, yeah, she's asked about the height. She's asking if it, is it 36 inches tall, not because she's not 36 inches tall, but because she has a, a kid that is. So yeah, exactly. And like Christmas during holidays, it's always yeah. getting gifts, gifts, gifts. So who are you getting gifts for? Obviously your, your children, your cousins, your nieces, you know? Okay. That's that. So it's interesting. But yeah. It really takes, it takes like a year of data then it sounds like to actually basically you just, at first it's almost like you're just selling to anyone that wants to buy. Like it's almost just like. You have money, buy this thing. Sounds great. Okay, cool. But then you start actually, it sounds like you're going through and actually figuring out, okay, who are the groups that are buying a lot more than this other group? Yeah, exactly. So we, we started off just selling to everyone, like I said. Um, and don't get me wrong, people still love it. Volleyball players love it. Um, college pe- kids, um, students. Um, and then, then the kids, obviously, too. But we really realized that a majority of our sales are coming from um, this adult category. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So you only have, you have X amount of marketing spend each month, right? So yeah, yeah, you can, you could throw a little bit of, you know, put 10% of volleyball players, 10% of college students, 10% here. But if you just know, okay, we just sell five to one with moms or whoever parents, that sort of thing. Let's just go a hundred percent. Let's like, let's go all in there first. Sounds like, and then at some point, once we've kind of figured out we're tapping that niche. Now let's go. Now let's actually start exploring the next one and the next one. Exactly. Yeah, that's a game plan. So how did you kind of dial in the marketing message? Like, how did you know at that point? So now we want to talk to moms. What's kind of the next step of saying we want to dial in that marketing message with them? Uh, we're, we're still continuing to improve that daily as we speak. So it would be more of an ad copy, like I was saying earlier. Um, just make it make sure it's honed in on on a message that these parents are receiving and then it's, it's triggering, triggering to their brain that it's actually for their, for their children and not them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now you, it's ad copy and I'm guessing like post So now it's like the whole funnel basically can be tailored more towards that demographic. Um, exactly. Yeah. So we have different demo, um, funnels for demographics, you know? Mm, okay. So in, are they all for parents or what's that kind of look like? Yeah. So, I mean, when we're running the funnels, it, it would be based off parents. Yeah. And then we have a parents one, we have just the female parents one, you know, so there's a whole bunch of different things we, we test and continue to test and I'm sure we'll continue to test for years. Yeah. Okay. That's, so this is very, um, very, very like math driven marketing strategy. It sounds like, so this isn't just like, uh, we write some blog articles and hope they come. This is like, you have a funnel and you're, you're testing each one. Yeah. We, we push everywhere. It's emails. Um, we still have to get better at everything. Social media. Um, there's a whole bunch of different aspects that we're continuing to grow in and hopefully we do better and improve in the years to come. Where does that come from? Cause I feel like that's not natural for a lot of people. Like some people just want to do the, Hey, I came up with this cool product. I'm just going to kind of like talk about it and see who shows up at the door. But it sounds like you guys are more like we came up with this product, but now we got to like focus. Like, like where did that come from? I think that just stems from, the, uh, us three, the founders, um, we have a, a passion for creating stuff. Uh, Mike's an engineer from uh, North. E- uh, he went to uh, Northeastern in Boston, so I, I very went, smart. I went to Wentworth next door. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So <laughs> that's cool. So he, he's very intelligent. So he he came to me one day and he's like, "Well, let's do something." So we came up with CrossNet, 
um, after like sitting at, at the couch for like 18 hours watching ESPN highlights. And it finally clicked. And then we built a prototype the next day. We went to Walmart, bought two nets, put them against my mom's shed in a tree. Um, and then we just continued to play and play um, and obviously develop prototypes that took a few months, eight months, I would say. And then, uh, and then we, then I do some social media in my background before this all. So I, I knew how we can get a, a little push more than the normal user. And then Chris, my brother, he, um, he used to work at Uber, um, and he would do like the management for all, the whole district of like Boston and stuff for Uber Eats. So he's, he's a great salesperson. So our team's pretty, um, pretty dynamic and we cover all aspects. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys kind of had some marketing chops before this and you're kind of now leveraging that on. Okay. And how did you know how to get the product actually kind of built and that whole logistic side of the business? Cause I feel like that one's not, some people are a little heavier on that side and other people are a little heavier on the marketing side. Yes. So for me, I'm the marketing guy. My brother's the sales and Mike's the engineer from Northeastern. So he got the, he got the prototype gone, but it was fun for him. Um, obviously it was a headache as well. Um, just constant improvements um, until it finally was the one we wanted. Um, and we continue to develop and, and improve each product because we want customer satisfaction is our number one importance. Um, but Mike, Mike is definitely our, our guy for creating, developing and, and getting prototypes done. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. So having the, the well-balanced team, cause I definitely see folks that kind of um, work with a lot of startups and you see folks that maybe don't have a marketing background or don't actually have the prototyping background. And then that's usually where, where, whatever that missing piece is, that's obviously where people kind of get hung up, but it's hard to kind of know that ahead of time that, you know, if you're good at marketing, that's not where you're going to fail. If you're good at prototyping, like you're not going to fail there. You have to double down on this besides we weak at. Um, but it sounds like the nice part is having kind of the three, it's a very well-rounded team. Yeah. And we definitely, we outsource too. So definitely take advantage of that. If you're up and coming business, make sure you're outsourcing, getting virtual assistants. Um, they, they do hard work and make sure you find good people that work with your team and, and like your energy. Do you outsource any of the marketing side or is that, do you guys, is that something you all do in house? Yeah, no, we definitely, we outsource here and there. So for like social media, we'll have someone on our messages running our social media platforms um, for messaging people on LinkedIn, connecting with them. Um, just simple things like that. It just, it just adds up helping with creating templates for the emails, um, outsourcing our email campaigns, every, everything. Cause we, we, you can't do it yourself. It, it's if you want to get to the company to where you want it to be, you, you can't do it yourself. Mm, okay. So you're bringing in a lot of different, all kind of VAs or different yeah, part-time yeah, folks. Yeah. VAs, part-time folks. Yeah. Okay. And then, so what's kind of the next step? So now that you've kind of found that one vertical, is it just constant double down in that vertical or do you spend some time looking for new markets? Um, no, it's, it's definitely a double down once we figure out what's going on in that, in that, in that target, what a demographic, whatever we're, whatever we're doing. Um, and then, then the next step is let's, let's go bring this to the next level somewhere else. So we were lacking all last year. We were lacking in doing trade shows, events, all that, because we were busy just doing the, the interior stuff with CrossNet. So this year we have a whole world tour of the whole year we're going on tour to uh go to events festivals um we have everything lined up from camps so it's cool okay so now you're basically trying to target the same you're basically selling the same product to the same type of person but in different top of the funnel channels okay exactly because we have everything running in the back end completely fine um and obviously we improved that but since we have that handled now we got to take it to the next step and then after that, tournaments, set up more tournaments. So there's a lot, there's a lot to cover. 
Yeah, it sounds like this is the pilot. I feel like a lot of people like try to like skip steps, but it sounds like you guys have really built this whole like let's just build one funnel that works. Like just find it doesn't like just anything that works. And now let's start plugging other stuff into that and see, oh, does that convert better? Does that convert worse? But it sounds like you guys could really kind of just like built that one piece at a time. Yeah, we, that's what we do. We, we stay patient. We don't we don't make mistakes as much as I guess other companies do. So we're very smart when it comes to spending money and um, just planning for the next step. What was kind of the um, the process there? Did you start with, you know, when you kind of look at the whole funnel, right? There's definitely a debate on it. Should you start with the top of the funnel and just bring people in and then figure out how to kind of warm them up a little and then figure out how to convert them? Or do you kind of figure out the conversion piece first and go that direction? Like, do you start at the bottom or the top? That's a good question. For us, we started just bringing everyone in, right? And then then we honed in on on certain channels and aspects. So I guess that'd be the top of it, right? <laughs> just bring everyone in at once. Yeah, pe- people with money, people people don't want to buy things. Just like, come on in, yeah. let's see. And then, it, and then you start seeing who they want. Our game, yeah, our game isn't the cheapest product. Um, you see other products in our niche, they're, they're cheaper, but our game is also too volleyball and that's people have to realize. And it's the first of its kind, so it's innovative. Um, and it's not too expensive, but it's definitely out of a 12-year-old's you know, how, how much is it sell for? Oh, it's one forty nine ninety nine right now. Okay, so more than like a tennis ball, sort of more than like the standard, you know, ball that you bring to the beach. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So exactly. it's more of so you're more looking like a parent would buy this as like a gift and not like at the not like at the gas station like right before you go to the beach sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. What kind of ways have you found that have been working so far to actually target folks um you mentioned facebook instagram as well or? yeah definitely uh, fa- facebook's number one for sure for us um for our for our demographic as is stated um parents love facebook so we're gonna cap keep capitalizing on that we also need to start um getting into other channels like tiktok that's extremely popular right now of course um, among the kids so we're gonna start trying to hone into that too um, it's a lot of channels to try to um, capitalize on, but um, TikTok's our next venture for sure. Yeah, but it sounds like since you have the nice part is now that you have that one funnel working, you could basically do the same with a TikTok and just at that point you're just running numbers, right, and seeing this converts at this rate. Has has a spend on the top, has the bottom, and now let's just run a TikTok version. Is it doing, you know, the same double double the rate or half the rate? Um, so you know, kind of. You exactly. at least have some benchmarks now mm-hmm. at this point, which sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that's which is great to have. Everyone kind of complains about rising Facebook rates and, you know, you can't make money anymore, like running Facebook ads. What do you kind of say to that? I don't agree at all. <laughs> um, Facebook's definitely solid. As long as you have the right videos, the right ad copy, um, and, and you're, you're not just – you're scaling uh, – appropriately and smart you're not just going in there one day and spending a thousand dollars like you're gonna lose it we start at twenty dollars a campaign scale it the next week to 50 and then we see it as well we scale it to 150 and then after that it's at 300 then 500 you know so we, we scale appropriate and if it doesn't work if we're at 150 300 it doesn't work we we focus on that and we and we hone in and, and we say what, what can we do to fix this should we shut it off um can, should we lower the spend should we raise the spend so it, it, Facebook works for us, and it, it, we do have a, a, a like a higher price product, so it can work in our favor. I guess a little more than a eight dollar product, ten dollar product, whatever it is, maybe. 
Yeah, so you probably have it's a higher price product, and I'm guessing since you make it yourself, since you kind of are employing them, decent margins. So you have enough there, right? That if you're taking X percent from, you can actually you have enough margin to say let's put ten percent of the purchase cost towards ads or whatever that is. Um, and like, so there's something there versus folks that are just kind of saying we have this like, you know, five percent margin. There's nothing left over to actually yeah. run ads. For sure. And, and at the end of the day, obviously return on all ads is great. But if we're just getting our name out there and breaking even, we're, we're causing brand awareness. So at the end of the day, we want this game in everyone's heads and they know what it is. They see it at the beach, they know what CrossFit is. So that's our game plan. Yeah. Okay. I can kind of, yeah. It's one of those things where you like, you, you can't do this game in private. Like it's not a game you can take and like play. You almost like can't play it in private. So you have to play in public. So other people just by definition, are gonna, you're going to be at a park, you're going to be at a beach, people have to see it. And you're going to play with like a random stranger too, most likely. Like some other per- kid's going to come in line and say, can we play next? Play, yeah. yeah, and then, exactly. yeah, I could definitely see then the other parent, that kid is going to want it. And it's just kind of, there is... It's free marketing. Yeah, you have this nice viral component to that. I'm, and I'm going to guess yeah, on yeah. the net and the ball, there's some sort of branding. Of course, yeah, it has our logo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And social media and stuff. Yeah, so it's cool. Okay, so they oh, so they all see they go right to like a Facebook page at that point. Yeah, so so on our net we have the Facebook logo, uh, Instagram. <laughs> we have we have our, our social media at on the what do you call it? Yep. On the bottom of the net. So if parents every time a parent sees it, they're like, "What's this called?" It, it clearly says CrossNet, and it's like, "Oh, it's CrossNet." And then they're like, "Oh, how can I buy it?" It's like right here, the website's right here on the net. So <laughs> you can follow us, message us, we'll answer. Ah, I get it. And the nice part is, it's like um. Like the name of the game is the name of the company. Like there's no other like like it's not like Foursquare and like this generic name and like ah oh, I need a Foursquare ball and like ah oh, there's like you know three thousand people on Amazon sell a Foursquare ball like whatever that is. This is like oh what's that game Crossnet? How do you get Crossnet? You go to Crossnet. Like you yeah, basically yeah. So like the game is the name of the company. So like it really is building a brand. It sounds like yeah mm. for sure. That is very, and then it kind of allows you basically at that point own the brand, own the name of the game, own pretty much you own the sport at that point. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's the whole concept of it and the whole idea of getting this global. That is very cool. So yeah, then you're able to basically, so at this point, are you mainly U.S., mainly North America, or have you kind of focused? No, we're mainly U.S. We've, yeah, we've definitely hit 30, 30 40 countries, I think now, um, which is awesome to see. Uh, shipping prices are a bit tricky, so we're working on that this year. Um, but we do get a lot of love from Australia, um, South America, Mexico. So it, it's cool to see those places. Okay, but you target your marketing efforts all to, to U.S., but it just happens to kind of virally spread. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. So yeah, we target U.S. and Canada. Uh, Canada shows a lot of love. They showed more love than the USA at first. So oh wow, okay. shout out Canada. Huh. Yeah, they love they love volleyball. So it, I didn't know that I'm not a, the biggest volleyball fan. So I wasn't really aware of the the demographics. So okay, so so then at that point, you're basically saying, like whatever works in the U.S., you could almost just keep like apply that same playbook at this point next year in 2020, and kind of just start going to let's go to Mexico. Okay, let's run campaigns in Brazil and kind of just attack it that way. Exactly. Once everything's funneled properly in the United States, then hopefully we can just start taking over different channels and different countries. Is that what the big plan is for 2020 or what's kind of coming up next? Um, that would be ideal. Um, 
but I don't foresee us really capitalizing too much internationally this year. Um, definitely, definitely a little um, towards the end probably, but um, to really take over a whole country uh, takes a lot of time. So we're going to still continue to do U.S. Um, make sure everyone in the U.S. knows who we are by the end of the year, hopefully. What is the plan then in the U.S. then for 20? Like what is uh, like right now so running ads? Are you trying to explain, expand channels or what's kind of the goal? Yeah. Next 12 months. So we're going to continue. We're going to, we're going to continue our Facebook ads, all those type of ads. But our, our next goal is to get into these events and, and um, trade shows. And we're looking to expand it to camps. Um, we're looking to expand it to more physical education curriculums in schools. Um, we definitely want to be in, in every classroom in the United States. We know gym teachers, um, they have a, a very hard time getting kids to focus on, on games sometimes. Um, typically, you know, the basic sports, basketball, people will all kind of join in because it's it's known, but some sports they try to make up and it's tough for the, for the physical education teachers. So we want to bring something to the curriculum that gets everyone involved. So when a physical education teacher plays volleyball, a lot of kids are just standing there and they don't touch the ball sometimes, you know, because they're not as skilled, but with cross net, they get a touch every two seconds because there's only four people, you know, and you can keep rotating. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So this is a nice, so no one's like pick last. No one's like, you're kind of, I remember fourth grade, you're just kind of like rotating basically constantly. Yeah. From my knowledge as a physical education teacher, you just want your kids active and, and, and constantly moving and involved with the sport. So across that, they can set up four nets and the whole class can play constantly. Keep rotating. Boom. Very easy. Cool. <laughs> yeah. when, how long ago did you start the business? To end uh, mid-2017, but we didn't start selling until mid-2018. Like when in this process did you feel like we're kind of onto something here? Like when is when did this become more than like Hey, we're selling a ball in a net to like, oh, we have like a, we have a real business. It sounds like. like yeah. yeah. I mean, we get that question a good amount. I would say as soon as we got the first prototype in, um, we knew, we knew we had something. So we took it from there and we, we knew we got to take it serious. How'd you know that? Cause we set it up at a beach and we had 20 people around it instantly. And we were just like, we're like, what is happening? <laughs> so it was cool feeling, a cool feeling. It still is every time. Sometimes we get annoyed because we're just trying to play our own game and we have people coming up trying to play so it's funny wow that's that's a, that's a high class problem to have where you're like ah we're just trying to test this yeah. prototype and people are like where can i buy that you're like ah it's just a prototype go away yeah that is a that that is not a problem you hear people having often but it's a very mm -hmm. what was that what was that like actually having that experience uh it does happen here and there um we don't play as much as we want to anymore because we're kind of all in on the on the computers and stuff but when, when every time we do we set it up some people want to join in and it's like oh we're just trying to play because we kind of play competitively with the founders and like our friends we'll play for like dinner that night winner winner gets free dinner so it gets fun are you guys um we're talking before the show you're in the west coast right i'm in san diego my partner mikey's in colorado and my brother chris is in miami Okay, so completely, so, so the three of you are completely there. distributed. Yeah, we're all we're all from Connecticut originally, so we moved from Connecticut to Miami as a team for a year, and then we we grinded for a year straight, and then we all just kind of went our own ways because we work from our computers. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you so you started. You don't have that one often either. Starting as kind of a in person company, and then just like just like changing a remote one day. Yeah, yeah, it was well, it's fun. What was that like? Um, I mean, does it make it more challenging? Not really. Cause we have FaceTime nowadays. Like we we just call each other every second and we're just like on the phone with each other. So it's the same as in person and we get less aggravated with each other. If you're with someone the same day for two years straight, 
it can get annoying regardless of who it is your friend girlfriend <laughs> mom <laughs> so it, it, i think it helps in some aspects too yeah it definitely and probably nice too just having west coast and east coast it kind of gives you a little more time overlap as well just kind of if something needs to happen you can kind of do a little yeah, earlier or I later just, i just moved here so the time things are kind of getting struggling for me because everyone's on the east coast and i'm just like i'm waking up last and it's like uh <laughs> everyone's ahead of me you're doing you're doing the night shift over there in the west coast yeah yeah we always get the phone calls in with the west coast folks and they're like yeah can you talk at like 7 p.m and like no yeah no <laughs> <laughs> very cool Awesome. I think that's super helpful. Um, definitely an interesting story. Any kind of, any kind of other things you kind of want to mention, things to plug, places people can find you? Yeah. Um, crossnetgame.com is our website. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram at crossnetgame. Um, we'll respond within the day. If you saw us on this podcast, let us know and we'll hook you up. <laughs> awesome. Great chat. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.